This is the word of the Lord. Well, I would like to start our time today with a premise. It's a premise that's going to be kind of in the background of everything we talk about. It's, it's Paul's premise, I think, in our reading for today. And, and what I'd like to do is just kind of throw this premise out there and let you know that it's going to inform everything we talk about. And then I'm going to walk away from it and just kind of let it linger there. We're going to move on. Promise to return to it. Uh, so, so, so don't worry, and hopefully I'll, I'll show you the connection. Uh, the, the premise, though, if, if I could put it simply, is that uh, knowing where you come from shapes who you are today. Knowing where you come from shapes and changes who you are today. All right, I'm just going to leave that there. Again, I promise to come back to it. Uh, I'd like to talk to you now about, about something that is connected, and hopefully you'll see how. It's, it's called the curse of the third generation. Have you heard of this? Uh, if you have a family business, you may have heard of this, because that's uh, what it is often in reference to. See, here's how it works. Uh, in, in many family businesses, it's the first generation that put in the blood, the sweat, and tears, right? Because they're starting from nothing, and they're working hard. Maybe it's a, a farm that they're beginning, or maybe it's a butcher shop, whatever it is, right? It's the first generation that, that's making lots of sacrifices to, to start something from, from nothing. They're working late nights and, and long weekends. They're taking out loans in order to fund this endeavor. It's a lot of work. It, it takes a lot of sacrifice. If, if the business makes it long enough, it's, it's the second generation that will very often continue on in, in much the same way. Uh, they, they know what it's like, right? They, they experienced uh, many of the same things, maybe as a child, but they watched mom or dad go off and work late into the evening. They sat there uh, as, as mom and dad dragged them along over the weekends. They, they lived through the sacrifices that came from taking out these loans. They, they shed some of their own blood, sweat, and tears uh, along the way. And, and so they continue in, in some of the same values that mom and dad had in starting this business. Now, if, if the business is successful enough to be passed on to the third generation, here's where the curse comes in. And it's not really a curse, and it's by no means a rule. But what many people have observed is that it's often in the third generation that the business begins to slip and falter. And, and, and that's because the third generation hasn't lived through all of that struggle. Right? They've heard the stories, uh, but they often forget they don't know what it's like to shed their blood, sweat, and tears over this business. They weren't spending late nights and, and long weekends. They probably weren't tagging along with, with mom and, and dad late into the night. They, in many ways, are reaping the benefits of all of that labor. They've, they've only known success. And so the, the, the curse is that it's very often, although not always, the third generation in which things begin to falter and, and fail. Now, maybe you've experienced this within a family business, or maybe in other ways, right? Maybe, like, within the lessons that grandma and grandpa passed down to you. Uh, maybe they lived through the Great Depression, and they knew how to make something out of nothing. They knew, knew how to get every last squeeze out of that lemon, right? They, they knew what it was to live frugally. And, and many, maybe many of those lessons were passed down to mom and, and dad. Uh, they also lived a, a very frugal, you could even say cheap lifestyle. Maybe you wish more of those lessons had been passed down to you when you get your credit card statement every month and your spending is a little bit out of control, right? 
Um, it tends to be the third generation in which those memories of struggle and frugality fade. Uh, I think it's also true in, in many cases of immigrant families, right? I'm a third generation immigrant, and I, I know it's true in, in our family. The, the first generation comes, and they speak the old language, and they carry on many of the old traditions. They continue to gather with, with people from their homeland. Some of that is passed down to the second generation. Maybe the second generation understands the language, but they're not speaking it every day. By the time the third generation comes by, many of those old traditions and language have, have been lost. Uh, it's the, the curse of the third generation. Uh, maybe you know what that's like. Uh, alternatively, maybe you've seen the power in learning from, from previous generations. Right? Maybe, maybe you do know what it's like to, to, to finally figure out why you are the way you are. Right? Because the, the truth is that I, I think it's often the grandchildren who think of the stories of grandma and grandpa as nothing but nostalgia. Right? Like, okay, grandma, okay, grandpa, we get it. You lived through some tough times. But uh, if the, the grandchildren could listen to those stories of where they came from, they would see that those stories are actually their own stories and that those stories shape them and, and make them who they are today. And, and maybe you've had this experience. This is what I was getting at. Maybe, uh, maybe you are very frugal and cheap, and you've never known why, right? It's just kind of how you were wired. And then you hear Grandma talking about the Great Depression, and suddenly it all clicks. Like, oh, now I know why I am the way I am. Or, or maybe you walk around with this constant set of like anxiousness or worry, or maybe even anger. You've never been able to explain it. And then you hear your grandparents tell their immigrant story, the constant fear they lived in, uh, the, the prejudice they face, right? The always kind of living on, on the brink of success and failure. And now it just makes sense to you. Because knowing where you came from, knowing your past, shapes and changes who you are today. And so I don't know if you agree or disagree with the premise I'm laying out today, but I think it's so important to continue to tell these stories, to continue to know where we came from, to, to hear about Grandpa talk about his experiences during World War II and, and, and Grandma's time during the Depression, or even just how your parents met and, and when they fell in love, because knowing where you came from shapes who you are today. You might disagree with me, although I don't think it's that controversial of a, a premise, it seems as though Paul does agree. <laughs> uh, Paul today is reminding the Roman church, in particular the Gentiles in the Roman church, of, of where they came from and how they got to be where they are today. Uh, let me explain. You might remember from our, our first sermon in this series that Paul is writing a, a letter to Rome, a church he's never visited to, uh, and, and a church that is comprised of these two groups, two competing groups in many ways. You have the Jewish Christians who have all of the history of, of the Jewish people. And then you have the non-Jewish Christians, the, the Gentile Christians. And Paul's writing this letter in many, cases, in, in many senses to bring the two into one, to help them see that they are not two families, but one family, one church. And, and Paul is reminding the Gentiles today of how they got to be where they are today. You, you see, it was always a part of God's plan for the, the Gentiles to be a part of his family. God always wanted the entire world, Gentiles included, to experience his love and his grace and his mercy. That was God's promise dating all the way back to, to Father Abraham thousands of years before. Right? You might remember the covenant, the promise God made with Abraham, that through one of Abraham's offsprings, God would bless 
the world and that all people would come to experience his grace. And, and in Jesus, that promise has been filled. The promise that was passed down from generation to generation to generation has finally been kept and been fulfilled. And now through Jesus, through faith in Jesus, the Gentiles are welcomed in. Now, finally, they are part of the family. That's a wonderful gift, something to celebrate. But you see that the Gentiles have lost sight of that. It seems as though in our, our reading for today, like, like instead of being thankful, they are full of pride. They think that they are the end-all, be-all. And Paul needs to remind them of, of two things in particular in their past that has brought them to where they, they are. First, he's, he's reminding them that they're only a part of God's family because of God's grace. Right, that they don't deserve a seat at the table. None of us do. That they, like the Jewish people, are, are sinners. And, and so that anyone who is welcomed in, Jew or Gentile, is simply there because of the grace of God. But he's also reminding the, the Gentiles that they are only there. They only have a seat at the table because, because someone else gave their seat up. They are only welcomed in because someone else rejected Jesus. Uh, listen to how Paul put it in verses 11 to 12. He said, again, I ask, did they, that is the Jewish people, stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. But if their transgression means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their fullness bring? Did you hear that? Paul says the, the, the reason why the Gentiles have been welcomed in is because the Jews transgressed. That's a humbling reminder, right? That, that you only have life because someone else chose death. So Paul is, is speaking to these prideful Gentiles to remind them of where they came from. Paul's retelling the family history of what got the Gentiles to where they are today, the grace of God working through the Jewish people. And so I think there are four things Paul is trying to do by retelling this family history and kind of explaining to the Gentiles uh, what has led up to this point. And, and the first purpose is to unify them. Right again, Paul is trying to tell them that you're not two churches. You're all a part of the same family now. You are one in Jesus. The second thing Paul is, is doing is, is trying to humble them, to be honest. Right? In, in their pride and in, in their hard-heartedness, Paul, Paul is, is reminding them of where they came from. Listen to how he puts it a, a little bit later in verse 17. He says, If some of the branches have been broken off, and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do not boast over those branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root. The root supports you. Paul is, is saying that we're all standing on someone else's shoulders, right? We all would like to think that we're going our own way, doing our own thing, that we don't need anyone else to support us. He's saying, no, you're, you're being supported by the, by the root, by, by Jesus and by his ancient people, Israel. You have them to thank, right? That they have laid the foundation and that you have been grafted in to them. You were once a, a wild olive shoot, but now God, through his grace, have, has brought you into Israel. The humbling reminder, lest they have big heads and be puffed up with pride, God, through Paul, is humbling them today, reminding them how they got to where they are. Uh, the third thing, then, Paul is, is doing in, in retelling their history is he's encouraging them. 
Because isn't it an encouragement to know that we are a part of something bigger than ourselves, right? Paul is saying to these Gentiles that now, by the grace of God, as you have been brought into the Israelite family, you have this long history that, that Abraham and Moses and David and the prophets and the judges, that's your family too. And, and their stories and their experiences are yours. That, that you don't have to start from scratch and you don't have to just figure it all out on your own. Look backwards. Uh, look to your family. There are lessons there and stories there that you're a part of that family too. That now you have brothers and sisters uh, throughout history and, and across the known world who are there to encourage you and, and challenge you, yes, but also love you and support you and reminding the, the Gentiles of where they came from and, and this one family they are a part of, Paul also hopes to encourage them. And the last thing I, I think Paul means to do is, is to remind the Gentiles that there are chores to do, as there are in any family, right? When you're surrounded by brothers and sisters and spiritual mothers and, and fathers, uh, Paul says that, that there's, there's work to do within this new family that they're a part of. Uh, they are called to love and serve and and sacrifice. Uh, Paul says today that they are to continue on in kindness. The kindness they have received from God, they are to share with each other. It matters where you came from. Knowing where you came from shapes who you are. In this case today, it reminds the Gentiles, both then and us today, that, that we are a part of one church, not two. Uh, that, that we are humbled before our God. And how we got to be where we are today, it is only by God's grace. Uh, we are meant to be encouraged, too, that we are surrounded by a family. And then God gives us a calling to serve and love and to show kindness, just as we have received. It's an amazing thing to be a part of this family, isn't it? Well, as we close today, I, I think these words that we are left with from the Apostle Paul are a wonderful reminder and encouragement to keep on listening. To keep on listening to our family story. I think we need to listen to the family story as it is told to us through our, our modern day spiritual mothers and fathers and grandmas and, and grandpas. And we all have them in, in the church. I, I think we need to pass along the stories from those within our congregations, don't we? The, the younger Christians among us need to listen to the older Christians. They have something important to say. We need to listen to that. It's who we are too. And I think it goes both ways. The older Christians need to listen to the younger Christians uh, as well. I, I think that we also, this is a good advertisement, our reading for today, to listen to the stories of the Old Testament, to the stories of Adam and Eve and Noah and Moses and and David and Joseph, because these are our stories too. We need to listen to those ancient stories, the, the stories that find their culmination and fulfillment in none other than Jesus. Because as we listen to Jesus, we see where we came from and how we got to be where we are today. When we look at the, the life and the death and the sacrifice of Jesus, we find our identity. We see that we are forgiven, beautiful, beloved people of God, sent out to love in his name. Don't forget where you came from, dear friends. It shapes who you are today. In Jesus' name.